Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 54 of The Revenge of Kang. Today contains chapter 31, Yet Another Kang. It's the final chapter in the Vietnam portion of the story, and maybe more importantly, it's an opportunity for another visit by our most hated friend, Johnny New Rules. Johnny New Rules! You know who I'm talking about. The version of the author who comes along every time that he decides he wants to make use of a rule system that we have been using to miserable effect throughout the adventure path, and he comes in all smiles and says, hey, don't worry about the, the, the punishing, brutal aspect of those rules. Johnny New Rules is here. Everything is fine and easy now for my guys. I hate Johnny New Rules. But let's start at the beginning and see how this develops. After being captured and thrown into a POW camp with the not-yet-Iron Man Tony Stark, our heroes, the 1960s X-Men, discovered that a mysterious individual named Lao Ye had come into the camp of the warlord Wang Chu, barged into the place where Wang Chu had Tony Stark and Professor Yin Sen working on some kind of secret weapon, which it would later turn out would be the original Iron Man armor, Lao Ye stole the secret power supply that Tony Stark was going to use to power that armor, and then he just left. So Tony Stark and Professor Yin Sen, who had been planning to use that power supply and that armor to do a big escape plan and let all the prisoners out and defeat Wang Chu, are now up shit creek without an arc reactor. Realizing that this Lao Ye must be part of Kang's evil time travel scheme to keep Tony Stark from becoming Iron Man, our heroes escaped the holding pen, snuck around the POW camp in a series of die rolls too tedious to recount, found information about where they could find Lao Ye, busted out of the camp, and are now making their way to Lao Ye's command post. And that takes us to the box text. Quote, Lao Ye's command post is a small plantation house located on a gently sloping highland overlooking the thick jungle. Fortunately, Lao Ye's command post does not house all of the troops present back at Wang Chu's. There seem to be only four soldiers on duty. In addition to the plantation house, there is a small prefab shed that makes up part of the estate. So we gotta deal with some guards. We can fight them or sneak past them. Doesn't matter. And it will come as a minor spoiler, but not at all a surprise, that this Lao Ye we're here to find is being mind-controlled by Kang, with one of those little uh, clip-on hypno-discs that we've seen Kang use before. So we've got Kang and Lao Ye waiting for us here. And they are waiting, just as in the other storylines. Kang is hanging around just in case his plan doesn't work as he expected. He can still try to put things back on track. Quote, As soon as the heroes enter the house, both Kang and Lao Ye will be waiting for them in ambush. The heroes must pass excellent intensity intuition feat rolls as they enter the house or lose a round due to surprise. Since fucking when? Since, since when, my hated friend, Johnny New Rules, do we resolve stealth in this way? where we got some people hiding here, people who, I did check, both have good agility and no relevant skills. How did those two manage to generate an excellent intensity for an intuition roll that we, the player characters, must all make or lose around to surprise? Notice, there's no scenario even envisioned in these brand new rules that Johnny New Rules has brought us. There's no scenario where we, like, notice Kang and Lao Ye hiding and get the jump on them, or, or fight them on even footing, know what we're getting into. 
The only question is, when they surprise us, do we lose a turn? And the answer is yes, for every hero who cannot make an inexplicably excellent intensity intuition beat. This is not the way that NPCs have been rolling against stealth. When we're the ones hiding, when we, the heroes, are trying to be sneaky, we have to make agility checks. We have to make agility checks typically at an intensity of the potential observer's intuition or higher based on circumstances. And this makes a huge difference mathematically. The odds of Kang and Lao Ye together vying with each other for places to hide in this little tiny building, the odds of them both successfully hiding from and ambushing Angel using the old rules, the old rules that have been applied to us throughout this adventure path, would be Kang's 55% chance of hiding successfully, multiplied by Lao Ye's 55% chance of hiding successfully, for a total of about a 30% success rate. But that's using the old rules. That's using the rules that are good enough for player characters, but not good enough for the author's pet NPCs. Using these new rules, the Johnny New Rules has brought us, instead of Kang and Lao Ye rolling, Angel has to roll at an excellent intensity with his typical intuition, giving Kang and Lao Ye a 97% chance of success. Just a little tweak, just a, just a little tweak in the interest of the author's characters. And you may be thinking, Angel, isn't that Warren Worthington III, the dumbass who thought that his friends wouldn't recognize that he was saving their lives if he dressed in a nightshirt and a blonde wig from the theater department and would instead think that he was an actual literal angel? Yes, this is that dumbass. And yes, his powers of perception may not be the greatest. They are, in fact, typical. But you know who has worse powers of perception? Iceman. Iceman has an intuition of poor. His chances of spotting Kang and Lao Ye are even worse. Jean Grey is much more perceptive with an intuition of excellent. She would only need a yellow result to spot Lao Ye and Kang, which means that instead of having a 30% chance to hide from her under the old rules, under the new rules, they would have a mere 70% chance. Only a little over twice as good a chance of succeeding at the same goddamn thing as a player character, because Kang just gets different rules. New rules. Now, the good news for our X-Men is that Scott Summers, Cyclops, has remarkable intuition, which means his odds of spotting and not being ambushed by Kang and Lao Ye are quite good. They only have a 35% chance to sneak up on him. Still better than the old rules, but it's a small improvement. The important thing here, however, is that Cyclops succeeding in this, because of the way the challenge is framed, only helps Cyclops. The rest of the team still gets ambushed, still gets punked out. Unlike the player characters, who have been traveling all over the goddamn 1960s trying to sneak places and getting torpedoed because we are always judged by the clumsiest member of the fucking team. Let one superhero with feeble agility walk directly through a plate glass window, which I grant you is not ideal, and the whole team suffers for it. The whole team gets caught. But when Kang wants to bring his little buddy, Lao Ye, to sneak up on us, there are new rules. So, okay, Kang gets a surprise attack, and he's got a mind-controlled helper. But that's not enough to distinguish a Kang, right? At this point, what are we, four, five Kangs deep? We've been after these time balls for a long time. We've been at this a while. We are at this stage, not just one or two, but many balls deep in this plot. At this stage, a Kang has to do something special to get our attention. And this Kang does. Quote, Kang has constructed a belt which throws three mirror image illusions of himself up around him. These illusions are of remarkable quality. Dungeons & Dragons players will recognize this as the mirror image spell, proving once again that we are actually playing D&D. Quote, each round, each of the heroes must indicate which of the Kangs he or she is attacking, number one through number four, and you should secretly select which of the Kangs is genuine article before all such announcements are made. Attacking an illusory Kang causes the illusion to temporarily disappear, allowing any heroes that have yet to act 
to switch their attacks toward a different Kang if they so choose. So this is a, a role-playing classic, you know, multiple false illusions of the wizard. Quote, Kang is so proficient at using this device and can move so well that you should add to the hero's confusion by changing the real Kang around each round. Say number three the first round, number two the second, number four the third, etc. Just just for free, just Kang for whatever, because Kang, he's so good at using this device. He moves so well. I don't know what the fuck that means. In that big beach ball of a mask, in those baggy ass pants, he's just got such amazing footwork, such dexterity. He's just always bobbing and weaving. This is not how I imagined Kang moving. I imagined him like mostly stationary with hands on hips, or maybe in like a big complicated time throne with a time goblet. But I guess he's just fucking Fred Astaire out there in battle. And here's why this particularly sticks in my craw. There is a way to define this in the system. The power is mirror image, right? I mean, there's no actual power called mirror image, but like the power that Kang has is the power to create the illusions. It's image generation or whatever it's called in the system. Very clearly, this thing where like he's always moving. And so every turn, everybody is once again uncertain which one is the real Kang. That is clearly a power stunt, right? It's a way to use the power that is in excess of the normal function of the power, but is something you could feasibly do with it. We were just talking about power stunts when we were fighting Kang, and I was trying to think of ways for Short Out to contribute to the combat, and I realized Short Out can't contribute to the combat because while his powers could possibly apply, the immense cost of hundreds of karma, as well as the minuscule chances of success on feat rolls to make power stunts, makes it basically impossible without a huge long-term investment. But here's Kang, who every week just throws out his existing super weapon and builds a new one. This week it happens to be the mirror image belt. He just gets to do it for free. No, he doesn't need a red result on a power feat roll. He doesn't need to spend any karma. Because when Kang needs to do a power stunt to make a combat interesting, here comes Johnny fucking new rules. I cannot stand it. It's one thing if you want to be loose with the rules, but if you're going to be a hard ass on the rules to the players, you then have to stick with them when they disadvantage your characters as a GM. I grant you that it is unreasonable for me to be this mad, but it's also unreasonable for the author to make me this mad when the author is the author. Like, how hard is it? Your villain is goddamn Kang. He's a, like a nigh-omnipotent time traveler, depending on the portrayal of the character. You could do this any way you want. If you want to make this fight harder, fuck, have three other actual Kangs here. I don't care. Nothing I can do about it. I can't say it's not true to the material. If we wanted the D&D mechanics here to be true to the comic books, then he would be Kang. Number appearing, 1D6. There are always a million fucking Kangs around. But if you're going to do this thing with the image generator, if you're going to have a power that's being used in an unconventional way that's clearly a power stunt, and you've established in the fiction that this is not a device that Kang uses all the time, do not rewrite the power stunt rules that you just fucked us over with to be more forgiving for your guy. And the same thing is true of the stealth, honestly. More true. Because, I mean, as a podcaster, I've gone through this book in a certain order, but it's not at all certain that players would go through it in this order. The players definitely will have just gone through a million boring stealth rolls that worked a certain way to switch it up on them and make stealth work the other way when you're looking for a hiding person instead of the other way around. This is the bitterest of cups you have passed to us, Johnny New Rules, and I hope you burn in hell. Speaking of other dimensional places of torment, join me next time when we finally collect all five time balls and find our way to Kang's Fortress at the Edge of Time on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, 
go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband.